Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. Catching up now with Gift of the Givers, as we hear many, many people, and we see it from ourselves, uh, just reaching out to us almost on a daily basis, crying out for help. Lots of people just sending us messages saying, please assist, please, we are starving and so on. I suppose we sit here and we we think we have a sense of what's going on on the ground, um, but we just thought, let's just touch base with people who are really at the cold front of what is going on on the ground, particularly with regards to hunger and so on. They were out and about giving some food parcels they've been doing this for a while and unfortunately i think they are now kind of on their own um npos are on their own now those parcels that we saw being handed out at the beginning of the lockdown by government lots of people are saying they've dried up so dr mts suleiman is joining us now on the line thank you very much for joining us dr suleiman welcome to the show uh, good afternoon Pamelo. thank you could you just give us a sense from the kind of need and, and please you, you're getting from people on the ground just how desperate it is? Well, no, it's, it's been unprecedented. You know, on, on the 6th of August, we are 28 years old. Never in our history have we had so many requests for hunger, for food, for, for assistance in food sure. in any form whatsoever. In, since the lockdown period, we've never had so many emails so much messages on social media, so many calls to the individual staff members, because our numbers are everywhere, and messages coming from everywhere. We have a toll-free number, which is only busy during emergency times. Mm-hmm. And, and those calls we can gently handle through our switchboard because it rings closest to the office, closest to where the person is dining from. Yes. We had to put four extra staff to man that call center, in addition to the switchboard, and there's only one message, I'm hungry. Sure. Every single message that came through, I was angry. But rather, rather let me tell you in, in, in a practical format, you know, for the uh, listeners to understand themselves. On Monday, we were in Eastern Cape in a place called Paddy. People were very disciplined, very dignified. They were very hungry. Mm. But there was no performance. They came quietly. Mm. They took the food parcel. My mother takes the food parcel and tells my team members, talk to my two children. They will give you an explanation of the taste of every plant in the area. For the last three months, they've only been eating plants. We had no food. Hmm. That's only one of the stories, and it's hunger like that throughout the country. People will phone and say, we are foreign nationals. We don't fit in anyway. Hmm. We don't fit in the ID. We don't fit in Sasa. We don't fit in the lockdown. We are just nowhere. We have no name, no title, no address. Please don't give me food. But I have two children. One is two years old, one is five years old. Bring food for them, it's all right. Me and my wife, we won't eat. You know, can you bring something for them? And, and, cause, and then we'd, we would think that this hunger is affecting lower class people, unemployed people. An airline company calls us, I can't give you the name. Yes. And the guy says, I'm a senior manager and we're all in the same position. I have a house. I can't pay the bond. I have a car. I can't pay the installment. When kids go back to school, we can't pay the school fees. But that's by the way. They said right now, our children are starving. We can't provide food for them. We don't have money. And senior management, like people with houses, cars, what has happened is those people who could be contributors are now socially dependent because of the the crisis, you know, the, 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 I, mean, I call it a bloodbath, what the lockdown has done in terms of jobs and security, in terms of income. Sure. 
I mean, when you when you see that and and when you hear the stories that you're telling us, I mean, that's quite that's quite something, Doctor Suleiman. In your own profession, how many journalists are uh, affected? You, you, every every day we're reporting, um, we're reporting losses of jobs, six hundred plus. Every single day there is a new media house that's shutting down. So I I really understand what you're saying. What I what I want to get though is that. For the people that, you know, who are receiving these food parcels, especially those who I would say then qualified to receive these food parcels, what are they saying? Did the food parcels come and never come, never came back? What happened? Well, look, our food parcels, are, first, first, of all, they come, first of all, the first thing is they say food parcels never came. Mm. I can't say that it happens for all areas, yes. but all the areas that we've been to yes. and we've been to a lot of areas, you know. And what we also focus on, we go deeply rural mm. because nobody goes there. Yeah. Everybody wants to run to Houteng. Mm. You know, where the cameras are. Where the cameras are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, we go to areas where you, there's no road. And, you know, and people, we, we go very, very deep to rural. And, I mean, Eastern Cape, people have been raving about us last week. And even, you know, like media guys said, you guys came here. You know, they, they, mm. this kind of place. Mm. And even, even the government people said, to be honest, even health workers, because we did a three-pronged approach last week. Mm-hmm. We took stuff for hospitals directly related to COVID-19. Then we took water tankers because people said they haven't had water for weeks or for months. And we went where people said they have had no food. So it was a three-pronged approach in many areas. We started off from Craft Unit, went all the way upwards towards, uh, right up to Butterworth and uh, uh, Bishu and deep in a place called Dordrecht, where the Dordrecht Hospital is, mm-hmm. like, Deep rural, some of vehicles couldn't even climb up the mountains. Mm. It was so, so windy, and, and in fact, some, one of them even broke down. But coming back, you know, the people said we received only once 25 food parcels for the whole village. 25? We actually, 25. Oh, wow. We were actually thinking of, of turning them down because we all rather starve together. Oh. Who takes 25 and oh. what do we do and who do we give it to? You know, and then they said, and then they said look, eventually the people said take it. And then when you compare the food passes to what has been brought and what you guys you guys have brought, I mean, I'm not now mm, just to say, you know, that yeah, I give you a great yeah, job kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. No, I'm just saying because when you do something, it has to be out of dignity. You can't make people look like beggars. So the food parcel we has to serve a, fa- a family of five for one month to keep them going at least for one month period of time, not give them something in the last three days. And they were extremely grateful in all the difficulty, you know, tribal leaders, community leaders, church people, people on the ground, the elderly, you know, all elderly people can't run, you know, to a truck. Mm. They, they can't move. They physically mm. challenge so a lot of them. So we actually have to take it to them door mm. to door or, or, you know, or sometimes the, the leaders make arrangements for it to be given to them. But it's the same story, Pomelo. It's the same story. It's just I've never seen so much of hunger and so much of desperation. As I said, it's, you know, I was thinking, you know what, this, but if so, many, so much money has been collected, it's going to take a lot of pressure off us so we can focus on one thing. It hasn't. The pressure on us has just increased. The calls don't stop for hungry people. So, Dr. Suleiman, when you then talk to these people, what are they, say- what are they saying to you? What, what, who do they blame for where they are sitting right now? And their sentiments from them, what, what do they say? The people, look, the people we've met haven't really pointed fingers at anybody. Mm-hmm. They've, they've, they've never done that. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they speak in a very dignified way. They said, look, we went into lockdown. We, they won't say a name. Yes, we are promised food parcels. It doesn't come. We're hungry from now. Not only from now, we're hungry from long before. We have all these promises. We hear about all this money. They don't, they don't say a name. Yeah, no. We hear about all this money being collected. We see all these things promised. We see all the things that are going to be delivered. We just don't see it happening to us. We mm-hmm. don't know about the people next door. 
But about us, we don't know. We know it's not happening because we're not receiving anything. We get a lot of promises. We are told a lot of things. But days pass, weeks pass, months pass, and we are still angry. Dr. Suleiman, there are just a couple of voice notes that I want to play back to you, and I'll take those as, uh, calls as well, 891 You can start also selling, uh, sending your voice notes for those who are keen to talk to, talk to Dr. Suleiman, 614 I'll be back with more. Well done, Mr. Suleiman. You're doing a terrific job. I hope other people and the political parties can learn from you. The political parties who got big mouths, the ones like EFF, too good to talk about this and that, but do nothing. Thank you, Mr. Suleiman, for your hard work. Till this government stop stealing, feed the poor. Give houses to the poor. Stop your corruption filling your pockets. It's sad. And we call United South Africa, sis. Sure. Dr. Suleiman, do you want to respond to that? Dr. Suleiman is my guest. He is the founder of Gift of the Givers, and uh, they've been on the ground for a while now. And uh, he says um, he's never, ever seen the kind of desperate call and need for food. People who are just desperately hungry, uh, like he's seeing now. And Dr. Suleiman, I mean, you've heard those calls coming through and those voice notes. you want to respond to that? Well, that's, that's a common sentiment. I mean, Pamela, that's nothing new. I mean, that's something that's created all the time. You know, it, it's, it's the kind of stuff where people are saying, you know, political parties you know, are not doing what they're saying. They do spending too much time fighting with each other, sitting together and working for the sake of the people. And others are saying the same thing. Government is so busy stealing money, it doesn't have time. To, there's no money to help, solve, to help the people. This is not something new. We hear this every day. We, you know, we, it just it bounces off us because it's something we hear all the time. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that's very, very surprising, well, not surprising, it's very disheartening, mm-hmm. is when you go to areas, you see the number of children. Mm-hmm. You know, we know we've got a lot of children in South Africa, mm-hmm. but you can't believe there's so many children in need wherever you go. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you go to my Facebook page, there's like thousands of kids' pictures. I keep telling my guys, you know, do you only have children in the program? They said, Doc, there's just too many children here. They will come in ice cold day. Mm. with no shoes, barefooted, short pants, torn clothes, and they come with that one bowl, you know, with that, that deep eye saying, mm. please give me something. Mm. And they would run the moment the truck come, and people say social distancing. You know what? There is no social distancing when there's, when there's desperation. Mm. You can't be worried about that queue because people are hungry, children are hungry, and you have to do what you have to do. It's about giving them the food, getting it quickly done, satisfying them. Look, we've, it's for the last few months, we've set up 100 areas where we're feeding, providing food daily to people where, and there's people between 800 and 1,200 people feed from there. And these kids come, and when you have the water trucks coming, and you remember the water truck runs out, and again, people are desperate, are they going to get, or are they not going to get? Mm. In time, yes, we've managed to bring some discipline, but still, there's desperation. King Williamstown, when I say King Williamstown, I don't mean the town. I'm talking about deep rural. You would see the old ladies physically challenged, you know, taking a crutch or got arthritis and, and trying to run towards a truck. Mm. That's not dignity. Mm. Why should our people be going through this? Mm. You know, when we're saying we're delivering, we should keep to our promises. You know, and that's, a government has to find a system to fix this up because these people have struggled for a long time. 
they've been fishing for a long time. Huge come come from the areas. You know, all I'm I'm going to say be quite blunt. Black people have come from rural areas. You know the difficulty. You know where the pensioners have come from. You know where the old people have come from. You know the difficulty they go through. We all the ones have gone to the city. Have you forgotten what's happening in the rural areas? You know what? We need to be conscious as a nation. In terms of government, corporates, and all those who move from the rural areas to work in the cities, the life is not there. We need our dignity, our ethics, our morality is to go back from where we came. Because those people made sure they took their pension money, they sacrificed, they struggled, they looked after six or seven kids for whatever they had, so that the others could go and study and go get a better life. We should all, it's not only government's responsible. Yeah. Government can't look after 50 million people. It's not possible. But those of us who have income, mm. we need to go back and say, I need to do something mm. about this. Jason, you're calling from Krugersdorp. Good afternoon. Hi, how are you, man? Well, thanks. Thanks for calling, Jason. Go ahead. Um, well, thank you. I, I have a problem, man. You know, uh, I was working for a company two years ago. Ne? Mm-hmm. So what happened is we got retrenched, whatever. So I, I, I didn't somehow play my uh, UIF. I, I went on and, and, and found other work. But now I, I was not registered. You know, I was just working, working to mm. put food on the table. Now, the thing is, now with this COVID-19, I tried to claim my UIF. They told me, no, I was working um, two years ago. I, I didn't claim, so I cannot claim for that money now. So I went for this uh, 350 mm-hmm. grand thing, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm being told the same thing. No, you were working two years ago. We cannot give you this money. So where must I go to now? Yeah. That I'm, is the question I want to ask. Yes. Because now I, 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 cannot, I cannot get my UIF. I cannot even claim for, for, for this grant. What must happen now? So because I'm, I still have money. I, 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 mean, I mean, I still have money. Uh, my UIF money is still there. But I cannot, I cannot get it because they said uh, I, I, I was supposed to claim before six months after I lost my, 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 my job, you know. But now it's a problem. It's giving me a problem now because now, like, what must I do now? Mm. Jason, thanks very much for the call. I mean, I think, Dr. Sullivan, you, you get this kind of thing a lot where people just don't fit into any program. No, even the UIF, even people who fit into the program have said they haven't received their money. Yeah. A few things have happened. One is, well, I, the one I can't explain. Apparently, the money comes to the company, and the company doesn't give it to the staff. I've heard those kind of stories yeah. from people. I, I, I don't know if it works like that, or you're supposed to get it directly yes. person to person. I don't know if that's how it works. And the secondly is that the people said, you know what, we're waiting, and we're told, come back tomorrow, and come back next week. And a lot of centers that you call, nobody answers the calls. Mm. Nobody responds to calls. We'll get back to you later. It's like the COVID-19 is a good excuse not to do your work. Mm-hmm. Scully, you're calling from Durban. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Pamela. Man, you know, you've got the best, 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 or, or most best, blessed, blessed guest in the world on earth. You know, really, it, it, it's, it's, it, it, hello to, to, to Dr. Suleiman. You know, I'm really honored just for the second time telling you hello on, on air. You know, I, I don't find any words to, to thank you or to, I just have you in my prayer always, and I'm sure millions and millions of others, you are made to do, I think, what you were sent to do on it, sir. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have no English words, you know, to bless you, man. Uh, just do what, what is, what the, you know, the Lord says, Allah says to you, sir. Thank All you the best. Much. You are well blessed, God. Uh, you know, just, Thank you, Scully. Let's just go quickly listen to a voice note before we end this conversation. Good afternoon, my sister. I'm listening to you with your guest, Mr. India Suleiman. 
every time I hear that that gentleman's name, uh, there's some sense of happiness and relief that I feel. May God bless that guy. He's a very good gentleman. Keep helping people in need, my brother. We need people like you in our society. This is Mambo from East London. Thank you. Evening, Pimelo and I guess the Tapelotebehadi speaking. Uh, I want to ask, to politely ask a gift of the givers to visit a rural area in the northwest province called Budibe. Uh, people are starving there. People are starving. There's hunger and uh, no one is uh, lending a hand. No one is lending a hand, so please, gift of the givers, visit Budibe village in the northwest province. Thank you. Dr. Suleiman, are we going to have to leave it there? Thank you so much for the work that you do. I mean, we, we, we hear these calls every single day, desperate, desperate people. We really appreciate what you do, and we'll again send people to your website for whatever contribution. Um, oh, no, no, sorry, one, I'm going to interrupt you. Yes, sir. There's an area where four children died many years ago from starvation mm. in Bodibe. Mm. You know, we, we responded to those kids. The mother went to look for food. The three children went to look for the mother, and they died on the way from starvation. And we, have, we we helped thousands of people in that village many years ago. There's a plaque in the place called Fordwal. We put up a full kitchen, an 800,000 rand kitchen, from where the school children in the community feed from every day. And there's so many rural areas there where there's intense hunger. And it looks like Bolivia is back in the news again, from what this man is saying. We really appreciate you, uh, Dr. Suleiman, and I really appreciate the time you've given to talk to us. And uh, we'll we'll send all our efforts as well to to supporting your your work. Thank you, thank you very very much. Thank you for coming on to the show this afternoon, Dr. MTS Suleiman, founder of Gift of the Givers. That takes us to two o'clock. Let's go to SABC News with Utsila Saku.